Today we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 1, the whole chapter. So that'll be fun. I'll read the chapter, and then we're going to dive in. This is the word of the Lord. Long ago, Hebrews chapter 1, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Let's pray one more time. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that... You've given it to us, and we ask that you would open our eyes to see you more clearly as we study it today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, I'd like to open with just a a brief little quote from some of my favorite preachers and teachers and commentators just about the book of Hebrews. It's It's a big book, 13 chapters, and it goes into great, one of my favorite things that I love the book of Hebrews about is how it goes into such great details, explaining literally how Christ has fulfilled the old covenant, how he's, how he's brought forth a better covenant, how his sacrifice is, is better than the old sacrifices. And when you start reading it, it just, it's crystal clear how much greater he is. So, and really Hebrews chapter one is an introduction to the whole book. So it's gonna, we're gonna see how Christ is supreme. He's supreme overall. And he is who God has chosen, specifically who, who God has appointed um, for us and for our Savior. So, but John MacArthur had to say that the epistle to the Hebrews is a study in contrast between the imperfect and incomplete provisions of the old covenant given under Moses and the infinitely better provisions of the new covenant offered by the perfect high priest. 
God's only Son and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I have lots of notes up here, so I just want to make sure I'm ready. So I'm also wanna, I'm going to read a brief couple of scriptures from other passages of scripture before we dive in, just so we can see that it's all saying the same thing, which is, I love that. I love it when you look at the Bible and it's just everywhere all saying the same thing. So, because we've talked about how Christ is bringing a better covenant. So later in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, I'll just briefly read this. It says, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant that he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Ooh, that's good. You know, like, like I said, Hebrews makes it crystal clear. If, if the first covenant would have been, would have, wouldn't have had any faults, there wouldn't have been no need to look for a second which is why Christ is so incredible. Hebrews 8.13, In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So, the old covenant is vanishing away. But that doesn't mean we don't look at it, okay? We love the old covenant. We love the law. We love the Word of God. We love the Old Testament. We don't tuck it away because Jesus is here. We love it because it points to Christ. Yeah, we, we use all the counsel of God. So we're going to get into Hebrews 1 now. We're going to just go over it verse by verse. So long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. I just want to stop right there. I think it's so amazing that our God speaks to us. You know, He didn't leave us with nothing. He didn't leave us just wandering, you know. God created everything, the whole earth, His people, and just left them. Boop. Like, that's not what happened. He, he spoke to Abraham. He spoke to our fathers in the Old Testament. He's made a way of salvation, which is so a gracious thing for our God to do for us. He's given us the written word. And... He's given us a Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we see that in these last days, God has spoken to us by the Son. That's very significant. Whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. This is talking about Jesus. He's the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of His nature. Jesus is God. That's very clear. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, I don't have time for more quotes, but one of the commentators I read was talking about how like, the glory of God is revealed in Christ because God, the, the glory of the Father is so great, but we see God's glory through the Son, which is that's amazing. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So the first, the first point, I guess, for the first part that we've seen so far is that Jesus is the, the final word and that he is supreme overall. And now it's going to go into detail about how he's greater than angels. 
In the Old Covenant, lots of times God used angels to bring words to people in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. And so you could see how maybe they might be tempted to look to angels because, you know, I mean, can you imagine if an angel showed up in your bedroom? Like you might, you know, there's other passages of Scripture where they bowed down to worship them and the angels are like, no, don't worship us because they are, once again, like us. They're created beings. And so let's get into that now. For to which of the angels has God ever said, to which of the angels did God ever say, sorry, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. The answer is none. God never said that to any angels. But he did speak of it regarding the son, regarding Christ. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Angels are, were created to worship God. They're not even close <laughs> to Christ. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. We're on verse 8, sorry. <sighs> this is so, so good. We love the word of the Lord. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Jesus is going to rule and reign for all of eternity. Verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up, and like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. We see that Christ here, once again, his years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Once again, God never said that to any of the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Angels are just ministering spirits created by God, and Christ is far greater than angels. Probably my favorite quote that I found regarding this first chapter of Hebrews came from Matthew Henry. And it's probably one of my, the big things that I really want us to look at today. I'm probably going to read the whole thing. It's kind of long, but there's just, there's just so much good stuff in there. So this is Matthew Henry's commentary regarding Hebrews chapter 1. He says, well, and the quote also, quickly. The quote also refers to even the first few verses because that's, that's probably my favorite part about Hebrews chapter 1 is how it talks about the times. Long ago in many ways, at, long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. That's so significant about us, about the days that we're living in. And He goes into detail. The, this is Matthew Henry's quote. The times of the gospel are the last times. The gospel revelation is the last we are to expect from God. There was first the natural revelation, then the patriarchal by dreams and visions and voices, talking about you know, Abraham and the fathers, then the mosaic in the law given forth and written down, you know, Moses got the Ten Commandments, then the prophetic in explaining the law and giving clearer discoveries of Christ, so then the prophets came. 
But now we must expect, this is a big one, but now we must expect no new revelation, but only more of the Spirit of Christ to help us better to understand what is already revealed. It is the final, the finishing revelation given forth in these last days of divine revelation to which nothing is to be added, but the canon of Scripture is to be settled and sealed so that now the minds of men are no longer kept in suspense by the expectation of new discoveries, but they rejoice in a complete revelation of the will of God. I know that was packed. We believe that Jesus is the final fulfilled revelation of God. All of the Scriptures point to Christ, and, and God commands us in the Gospel to repent and believe in Christ. So, some, some, sometimes, I don't know, there's, I don't know how to say this, but um, that's the most important thing that we're commanded to do in the Scriptures is to believe in the Gospel, look to Christ for salvation, and obey His commands. Um, you can see in this world today that some people like, they think that there's just a lot of other things that you need to do. And I'm not saying that you don't do other things, but the most important thing is how God has spoken to us by His Son in the Gospel. That is it. I have another verse that would support that. Acts 17, chapter 30. It really caught my ear because it talks about these times of ignorance. The times of ignorance God overlooked. But now He commands all people everywhere to repent because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed. And of this He has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. I love that in Acts 17.30. It, it, it just goes right along with the book of Hebrews talking about how God has appointed Christ. And these times of ignorance... God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent and to look to Christ. And this brings us, I just want to talk briefly a little bit more about that quote from Matthew Henry, about how we can rejoice in a complete revelation of the will of God. I love how he said, um, men are no longer kept in suspense by the expectation of new discoveries and new revelations. We don't we don't have to do that. We, we, don't, we can have peace that we know we have all we need in Christ. In the book of Hebrews, we, didn't, we weren't able to get all the way through it. It's 13 chapters. But when you go through the rest of Hebrews, you will see there's nothing else that you need as a Christian other than your faith in Christ. And that, that brings me a lot of peace. Um. Man, it, it, it brings me lots of peace. I, um, I used to believe, I'll just use my own personal experience, I did used to believe that revelation was still happening today. Um, I don't believe that anymore. I believe that Christ's full, fulfilled, perfect word is right here in the word of God. This is the full fulfillment of the word. It's all right here. It points to Christ. And that, um, that really gives you peace as a Christian. You don't have to worry, like, is God going to do something new? I was sharing with a friend, it may have been today, the only new thing that I know that Scripture talks about that God's going to do is, is He's going to come back. Jesus is going to return. We know that's going to happen. 
But until his return, we need to do what Hebrews says, and that's look to Christ. And that brings us to our application. And what a better place to get an application than from the Word of God. So our application is in Hebrews chapter 2. It's, it's the very next thing. He just talked about Christ, Hebrews chapter 2, and it was even in our, um, it was in our liturgy. I love these liturgies. Um, honestly, we could, um, our liturgies are so filled with truth and Scripture and our confession of sin. I mean, every week I feel like we could just quit the whole service at the end of this. And we are super blessed that we have such a rich um, order of service and, and, and a rich um, liturgy. I'm super blessed by it every week. Getting to confess my sins to God every week and seeing that He's saved us and pardoned us, it's incredible. I hope this is all making sense. It's, I feel like it's been pretty simple. So, But Hebrews chapter 2, this is our, like what do we do with what we just heard? Hebrews chapter 2, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, it's once again, it's going to talk about the old message of the Old Testament. It was reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. But how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. I love that, how it says that God bore witness. Um, he bore witness to his own gospel. He bore witness to his own message by, by signs and wonders and miracles. It wasn't anyone else bearing witness. God did all the miracles. <laughs> but I really like that. So. But our application is, is, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So that begs the question, like, what, what have we heard? Well... We've heard the Word of God. We've, we've heard the Gospel. Um, when we die and stand before God, we're not going to be able to tell Him that we didn't know. Uh, the Bible talks about how even natural revelation proclaims the glory of God. Even the unbeliever, when they die and stand before God, they're not going to be able to have an excuse. They can't say, Lord, I didn't see you. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard. We've heard the gospel. We've, we've heard Christ. We, we, we have the full revelation of God right here. So we need to just pay attention to it and pay attention to what God's done for us and how blessed we are to get to come to church every Sunday. I, I'm so grateful that we just have a church like this where we can come every Sunday and, and, and worship God. This is what we do as Christians, right? We're, we're real Christians. We actually believe this thing. I mean, we really do. This is one of those churches. I want you to know that. This is one of those churches. We believe in this. We believe in this from front to back, beginning to end, right to left, top to bottom, the whole shebang. We're not going to pick and choose any of it, and we believe in it. So, and man, it's so great to gather each Sunday as Christians to help each other, you know, pay attention to what, what Christ has done, how he has spoken to us. And that, I think that's the final word, you know. God has spoken to us in these last days by His Son and through the gospel. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I just want to make sure there's no more awesome quotes that you need to hear. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Ooh, this was one more good one. It's all saying the same thing. It's pretty interesting when all these commentators say the same thing. It's like, whoa. I won't do any of anymore, okay? We're, we're pretty much done. But I really like this too from John Calvin. He said, The Spirit of God in this passage invites all to come as far as Christ. And so he forbids them to go beyond the last time which he mentions. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We, we, he forbids us to go beyond Christ. There's really nowhere else to go, you know. That's what's interesting is where else could you go but to the true one and living God and the true Savior. So I hope that our application makes sense. Um, read Hebrews chapter 2. <laughs> pay attention to you know Christ. Pay attention to the Word. Pay attention to what He's done. And once again, like I've already said, I love how we have a, a church where we can do that as Christians and just encourage each other. Hebrews is full of a few more um, amazing exhortations where he tells us to encourage one another in our faith. So, I'm not going to say any more. Hebrews 1 was awesome. So, with that, let's just end in a word of prayer. And then, um, yeah, we're going to sing another song to our Savior. So, Lord God, we thank you once again that you've made it clear to us that in these last days, you have spoken to us through your Son, through the person and the work of Christ, and we don't have to do anything else but come to Christ through faith. And Lord God, I ask that if there's anyone in here today who maybe hasn't done that all the way, Lord, that, uh, well, God, we just ask that if there's anyone in here that isn't born again, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would open their eyes to believe in the gospel. We believe it's a truly a work of the Lord by the power of your spirit, God, and we uh, thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.